Good morning, New Hope. Welcome this morning. Glad that you're here this morning physically or whether you're on the live stream. Welcome to New Hope. Welcome to the opportunity to come together and meet with Jesus and hear from him this morning. When I was a youth pastor in Milwaukee, during those days, especially when it was prom, the prom kids, as we know, would get on their tuxes, they would get on their beautiful dresses, they would do their hair, they would do their nails, the guys would like actually shower, uh, you know, and just go to the nines, right? And in the church that I was at, one of the traditions or what they would practice is kids in the youth group would go to prom, they'd stay up all night long, and then they would come to the service in the morning and finish their time of prom worshiping Jesus. And so it was great to see them all dressed in their tuxes, their uh, you know dresses, all fancied up. And I remember visiting with Gina, a young girl, a junior in high school. She was stunning both inside and out in her relationship with Jesus. And she used to model for Coles. She was modeling for Coles at the time. And we had a great visit that day. The next day at seven in the morning, Monday morning, I get a call saying that Gina is at Children's Hospital. She has leukemia. I'm like, what? I mean, I was just like literally talking to her the day before at church, all dressed up. For prom, all that, I don't, you get, it's not true. But yet it was true. And by Friday of that week, you could barely recognize her. And you're like, what? God, what are you doing? And at that time, you call out to the people of God to pray the impossible, to pray for an impossible cure, healing. Well, this is our today as we continue in our series called Impossible, based on the angel's response to Mary when he told her that she would give birth to Jesus, the Savior of the world, even though she was a virgin. In Luke 137, he says, for with God, nothing is impossible. And today, we look at impossible cure. Now, when I talk about the impossible cure, I'm not just talking about physical healing. I'm also talking about mental healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, relational. Last week, we looked at the impossible relationship. We looked at relational healing in all areas. And I want to start this morning by giving an overview briefly of what the Bible says about healing. And number one, we're going to start with the healing potential, and we see the healing potential from Matthew chapter 4. This is Jesus. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases those suffering from severe pain and demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Matter of fact, if we look at the Gospels, the stories about Jesus, 
It talks about 26 different times where Jesus brought healing to individuals. And so we see right away the healing potential, that it's available, that it's happened, right? But secondly, we just need to recognize the healing power and that the power for healing stems, flows from Jesus, from his power. Matter of fact, in Ephesians 1, verse 18 through 20, the apostle Paul is praying for the Christians in the church of Ephesus that they would recognize God's power at work in them. And he's praying this prayer that God's incomparable great power for us who believe, that power is the same as, that phrase is important, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. The apostle Paul is telling the church, hey, listen, the same power that raised Jesus from death is the same power available to you on a day-to-day basis for your situations and for healing. And so we see this, this healing potential. Jesus healed all kinds of situations. We see that the power for healing stems from Jesus. But when we think about healing personally, when we look at it in the Bible, Thirdly, we come up with these healing perplexities, right? We're perplexed when it comes to healing. We don't fully get it, right? And I want to make four comments on this. And the first one is A. The reason we're perplexed is because we are a formula people. We like formulas for everything, right? Hey, if you do these three things, this will happen. If you do these five That'll happen. Here's the top 10 list for getting to here, right? We're, we're these formula people. We like formulas. It's important to us. And so some people, when it come, has come to healing, they have this formula and they say, hey, all you need is faith. If your faith is big enough, you'll be healed, right? But then people say, no, that's not the formula. It has to be faith plus God, then you will be healed, and no, 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 that's not the full formula. It has to be faith plus God plus man and woman, you know, medical aspect. And then you will be healed. But then other people say, no, no, that's not the formula. It's faith plus God plus man, woman, medical plus nature, natural means to be healed. And so there's, there's all these ideas of the formula, and then you'll be healed. So that's A. But when we look at the Bible, look at the scenarios of Jesus healing, we look at B and realize there's no formula for healing. You know, Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Then Jesus healed when it wasn't the Sabbath. Jesus healed when he laid hands on people. But then he healed also, and he didn't lay hands on them at all. Jesus healed people when they were actually in their, his physical presence. But then we read that they weren't even in his physical presence. They weren't even in the same town. He just said, hey, go now, your servant at home, he's talked about healed. Right? There's all these different scenarios. He talked about people's faith that, hey, your faith has healed you. And then other times in healings, he doesn't say anything about their faith at all. 
You know, at times he talked about, hey, your sins are forgiven, so pick up your mat, like the story Wendy was saying, pick up your mat and walk. And there's other times where he doesn't talk at all about their sin. You know, he had healed before he was crucified and raised from the dead. He healed after he was crucified and raised from the dead. He healed people when they asked him to heal him in Matthew 8, the two blind men. But then we read in Acts chapter 3, he heals when he's not asked at all. The paralytic was asking for money. Instead, he got healing. He didn't ask for it at all. And so we're like, ah, there's no formula to it. But we're formula people. We see that C, Jesus answers yes to healing. In Matthew chapter 8, we have this story of the leper. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. So we're like, yes, Jesus heals. But then lastly, D, Jesus answers no to healing. In 2 Corinthians 12, 8, the apostle Paul, it says, has this thorn in his flesh. We don't know if it's a physical thorn, an emotional, a mental thorn or whatever, but over and over he has asked God to remove it from his life. And the continual answer is no. And God responds and says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So it's a no. So we have this understanding of healing potential. We read of it in the Bible. We recognize that it is by Jesus' power that we have healing. But yet we have these perplexities. Matter of fact, I have been prayed over numerous times that my face would be healed. And yet, I still look as I do today. So what is it? To give us a today's scenario, story, an understanding, a wrestling, I've invited Kendra to travel with me to our churches today and share her story of impossible healing. And so let's give her a new hope welcome here. Kendra, why don't you share with us just briefly your healing story? Okay. Um, in January of 2012, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. A uh, little scary to hear the word cancer. Uh, but I did six months of chemo and during that time had a scan that said I was cancer-free. So I finished my treatment and believed God had healed me and moved on. Went in not long after for a follow-up routine appointment and found out that the cancer was back. Um, this time, of course, it was stronger and more aggressive, so the treatment plan looked a little different. And my treatment plan included a bone marrow transplant. Now, with a bone marrow transplant, it suppresses the immune system. So I had the transplant and was put into 100 days of isolation. And the doctors told me by like day 10 of those 100 days, I would start to feel like I was getting better. I was waiting for that day, didn't come. By day 30, I was feeling pretty miserable, couldn't 
really breathe and was just struggling. So I ended up being hospitalized and was put on a ventilator. Uh, during this time, uh, there was one particular night that was really rough and my mom had stayed overnight with me and she got up the next morning. And she's like, look, I'm getting out of here. I just need to go rest. She told the nurse, I'm gonna go home, take a shower. I'll be back later. And the nurse said, I don't think you should leave. So she waited around a little bit and the doctor came in and he said, you know, where's her family? Where's her boyfriend? Should They, they probably wanna be here. And my mom questioned him and, you know, she said, well, her family's eight hours away. And he said, they're going to need to leave now or they're not going to make it in time to see her alive. So that's when she realized that the doctors were calling to my family to say goodbye at that moment. Um, it was a, it happened to be a Sunday morning. So she called out to my friend at church, friends at churches, honestly, all over the world. And they began to call out to God for my healing. Uh, the doctors said that they had done everything that they could. Uh, that, that morning after service at the church I attended, my lead pastor came to the hospital room and he said to the nurse, he said, what signs are we looking for? And the nurse said, well, you know, her, her kidneys are shutting down, her blood pressure's dropping, and she's describing death to him, basically. And my pastor stopped her and he said, look, we're believing for a miracle. What signs are we looking for that she's getting better? And so he looked at everybody in the room and he said, are you faith-filled? And this group just began to call up to God for me. And um, to the doctor's surprise, I didn't die that day. And my body began to make a turn for the better. Um, 21 days I spent in the hospital. I learned how to walk again, eat, that type of thing. Uh, the doctors had no idea how or why I left the hospital. Um, they were they were surprised by that. And even when I go back for follow-up visits, the medical staff has said to me, uh, we don't know why you're alive, but Right. All because of God's power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have a, this before picture. You can't see the during picture, which may be good because it's pretty grotesque, yeah, right, okay? Right, but yeah. you see the, the April 20th, 2013, right. and then you see you're walking out May yeah. 18th, 2013 yeah. like this. Yeah. Pretty crazy, pretty yeah. amazing, yeah. right? God did God's amazing hand, work. God's healing upon sure. you, right? For sure. So let me ask you this. During the midst of the the cancer battle in that when you were mm -hmm. down to like, hey, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. Were you aware of what was going on around you on the outside? You know, sure. people praying or people rallying okay. for your life? Um, no. <laughs> Honestly, I was unconscious, had no idea what was going on. In fact, afterwards, my family and friends were like, woohoo, this awesome miracle. And I'm like, what? I have no idea. Oh yeah, I was there. I don't remember. For me, it was more um, the struggle of faith and healing leading up to that. Like knowing that God can heal, but what does that actually look like for me in this moment, having thought I was healed earlier and kind of coming to grips with what divine healing looks like and just kind of trusting him through that process and, and walking through that. Yeah. So when you were wrestling and going through the chemo and all that, were, did you have a formula for healing? <laughs> I mean, did, uh, were you looking for right? that formula? Oh, of course. Or were other people or what? Everybody I talked to had their specific formula. And this is what my healing should look like. This is what the journey should be. Read this book and you'll be healed. Go to this service and you'll be healed and that type of thing. And it, it was honestly a little frustrating. You know, you're, you're trying to find this, this formula. And you even mentioned that there isn't a formula. You can see it in Jesus healing here on earth. Like every instance that we're reading in the account looks different. And I think if... If we're searching for a formula, it becomes more looking to that formula for healing versus actually looking looking to God. And it, it relies on our power and we need to rely on his power. Yeah, that's the, the challenge of yeah, that. Look yeah. to him. So how has your understanding of healing changed from 
prior to your healing sure. to then soon after your healing, now two years later. Right. Um, before my healing journey, I would have said that divine healing was this miraculous, amazing sign and everybody would know about this healing and you could see God moving. And for me, it wasn't the case. I didn't have like this outer body experience. I didn't see angels. It didn't look like what I expected. For me, the healing, um, yes, God used the doctors and, you know, he intervened, obviously. Um, but it was like this this process. I mean, even, even now, the process continues for me. Like, for instance, I left the hospital with 33% lung capacity and I'm now at 89%. So it's a continuing process um, as, he, as he works in my body. Um, you know, I was in a wheelchair and now, yeah, I'm not in the wheelchair, but yet there are days where I struggle to stand and, and those type of things. But it's just trusting him and, and um, being okay that it looks a little different than you expected. So how do you personally wrestle with the reality that uh, God healed you? You're here, right? But yet he chose in his divine wisdom or purpose or whatever, not to heal others that actually you know, or that we in the room know as well. And we're like, what? Why? You know? Right. Yeah. We're, we're promised healing through Christ's work. And yet we haven't seen the completion of that. And we live in this, this in-between time and these, these imperfect bodies and, and looking for simple answers. And I, I wish I had the answer. I wish, I wish there was a formula, like you say, that, that this is what it should look like. But it's walking that journey out and being okay and trusting him, even if it looks a little different than we expect it to look, walking that process with him. Yeah. Or maybe even a lot different, right? Well, right? Yeah, yes. Because I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I think the, the a lot different is that, hey, I, I asked and he said no. He said yeah. no. And that's the challenge. So how do you deal with the, this fact that in our concept of love, uh, we we have room for healing. Like, why wouldn't yeah, you heal? Right. I mean, yeah. it, it, in our concept of love, it makes total sense. I know. I think, I think we have this idea of, okay, God, of course, you're loving God. This is what it should look like. This is what I would do if it was me. And I think that that box that we put God in is um, too small to contain him, obviously. And we, we can't truly understand. And I, we, we don't know the bigger picture. We're self-centered and we see, we see the little picture and we don't see how he's actually working. And we have to trust that even in the bad, he works it out for the good. Like you mentioned Joseph last week. He took, you know, had, his, had he not chosen to trust God, would his family have been saved? And just walking that out and trusting God, regardless of what that looks like. Yeah. So because you were healed, mm -hmm. do you have this sense of like, I have this greater responsibility in life or like God has saved me for something or some big purpose or right. whatever. And then a second question to that mm -hmm. is when you do share your story, do you encounter people at times that are maybe bitter because you were saved, you know, you were healed and their loved one wasn't? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yes, I feel this pressure, like a pressure I put on myself, like, oh my goodness, I need to change the world today. Could you? I mean, we right? would appreciate right? it. I, yeah. Yes, yes, he <laughs> saved me for a reason. Um, but no, seriously, it's, I count them as bonus days and I am so grateful. And of course, we, we all need to make the moment, you know, make the most of every moment. And yes, I have encountered people that, that are a little bitter and, and want the simple answer and, it's as cliche as it sounds, we have the choice to be bitter or better. And 
our response to the situation often makes such a huge difference in what that looks like. Okay, so last question. What would you say to those out here, those online, and that as far as uh, maybe a, a word or a phrase when it comes to the impossible cure or healing from your experience? Um, even if it doesn't look the way you think it should, be okay with that. It's kind of the yuck in life that makes the good so much greater. Um, we know that uh, as Minnesotans, our bright, sunny days are so much better because we have these long, terrible winters. We appreciate the, the good better. So take that healing instantly, healing later, healing in, in the future, whatever that looks like, take that in your life, whether it's physically, spiritually, whatever, and be okay with dealing with the yuck of it because it makes the good so much sweeter. Right, yeah. Well, last question. Would you, if you could turn the clock back, <laughs> would, right. you, would you go through it again? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I get that question asked many times. If you could go back to a life without cancer, would you? No way. Because to see God glorified, it's been so worth it to be able to share. And I know that I'm in a better place spiritually, relationally, emotionally, mentally than I was prior to that journey. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing yes. with us, Kendra. Appreciate yes. it. Thank, thank you. you so much. <clears throat> you know, this is our wrestling when it comes to this impossible cure, impossible healing. And as Christ followers, as even unbelievers, whatever it might be, we need to actually step out of our own perspective, our own ability to see or to understand, and we need to put on a different perspective, right? Sort of like when you put on your glasses because you need them, it gives you a different perspective. Oh, there's people in the room, <laughs> you know, or whatever, right? We need to put on God's perspective when it comes to this whole idea of impossible healing, the struggle of it, the wrestling with it, because it's brutally hard. But why is it God heals some and not others? I mean, a, a simple, quick answer is because he's God. I mean, when we come to God, we're not commanding him to heal, right? We're not ordering him to heal. We are bringing his re our request to him to heal. And so we are leaving it up to him in how he desires to respond based on his love, his overall kingdom purpose, what he knows best, what the present is and present is and what he knows for our future. And so it's the right place for us to be, to bring our request and then leave it with him. But again, we do wrestle with that because in our concept of love, man, we had just healed. But in the Bible, we see God's overall kingdom perspective. Jesus talks about how the kingdom of God right, is now, but not yet. It's now, but not yet. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying his will, his kingdom come, right? And so Jesus talked about how the kingdom of God is now. We get this picture in 
Matthew chapter 11, 5, where he says, hey, the blind will see, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. It's now. Yeah. But he also speaks of a not yet, where the kingdom of God is coming, will be coming in all its fullness and perfection. And he says in Revelations 21.4, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So it is now, but a not yet. We have seen people healed in this life. But we have seen full healing die, but yet find healing now because they are with Jesus. Full healing. And I often wonder when I ask them, as I ask Kendra, hey, would you want to come back? (laughs) And they'd be like, hey, not to offend you, but it's a lot better here. In this body, in this mind, in a perfect world where kindness is perfect. So we have this confidence this morning. If healing is not for right now, it will be then. But we do know as well that God invites us to ask now for healing. Ask and you shall receive. Bring it before me and then leave it to me if it will be yes or no or not yet. But go ahead and ask. And we're going to ask this morning. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray. And as the worship team leads us in our last song, I invite you, if you want prayer for healing, to come up and ask for it. We'll have a prayer team on each side of the room. Come, ask, and leave it with the discretion and the power of Jesus for healing. Let's pray. Father God, you say ask. And so we are your children and children ask. And so we are going to come this morning and bring our need for healing, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, whatever, and leave it up to you. And Jesus, we invite you to do the impossible and make it possible and bring healing for your glory and for our good. And so we ask this as one people in Jesus' name. Amen.